Hey everyone, it's Daryl and Philip. Oh, we have such an episode today. We're having an episode. It's slightly bigger than normal. I know. I was totally wrong last week when I was like, "Oh, issue fifty is really two hundred. It's not. Issue fifty is issue fifty, and then it's issue two hundred. Yeah, but. I feel it's important for us to go, like, it would be weird if we split up these two issues, or these four issues into two episodes, or didn't do 50 with 40, like, we're going to bust through people. We're going to get through four issues in this here episode. Yeah, because this, this is the conclusion of this arc with Cortex, with the time travel. It's a, it's wrapping up a lot. Like, by the end of it, we solve some mysteries. They've been here the entire series. I mean, this is why when I was reading it on Marvel Unlimited, I just just kept going. And even though it was way too late and I should have put it down and gone to bed. But and I, didn't. Had, I, I didn't. Nope. I needed to know what happened. And we would say that there are four hosts today. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have Nick and Nora here munching some hay. Yeah, they are in our recording space slash the game room slash the vintage media room i, I think Slash it's a, the basement it is a basement vintage media room also works between the sheer volume of vhs's and the record player yes um so nick and nora are here because we all know you love a good bun bun update um they're here together in the same pen because they are bonding with one another and they're doing a pretty good job Right, there's some mountain, it's a little bit of chasing that happens every now and again, but it hasn't been too bad. Which is regular, but I mean, they have to find out who the dominant one is. We all know it's Nora, Nick just needs to be reminded of that though. When she mounts him and bangs on his head. I guess she jackhammers. Um, <laughs> but she, uh, right now there's also a litter box, so that a, they, they can eat, B, they can do their business. You know, and... use the restroom. I think Nick Nick finally got the the box. He, he it's sort of a king of the hill, queen of the hill situation. Uh, they take turns, um, but they were down here while we played for like three hours. We we're play, playing a really fun game that I got through Kickstarter called My Father's Work. Um, I got this a year ago at this point. I think so. Um, <laughs> it, it's a fun game. It had been a few months since we played it. So we're like, how do we even set this up? Yeah. Again? Is that what that token is called? Yeah. So we're in, in the middle of a game. We might switch to a different game after this or play it again since we remember. I don't know. And I'm doing so poorly. I, I need. I might need a redemptive uh, arc. Yes. You need a redemptive arc, much like Victor Von Doom does. Yeah. Um, Although he doesn't... He really doesn't redeem himself. Doom's gonna doom. Doom is gonna doom, even if it's 80 years in the future. I feel I can hear Alicia of the XY podcast saying that. <laughs> Doom's gonna doom. He is. Um, so what have you been reading comics-wise in the past week? What's been capturing your attention? All of the Star Treks? All the Star Treks. So you found some more recent series, so not things are currently coming out? There's a bunch. Okay, so. Okay, let's get into it. I mean, you're good to listen to our X-Factor thoughts. You're going to have to either suffer through or fast forward our thoughts of Star <laughs> Trek comics. So there's plain, like, Star Trek. Star Trek, Star Trek. Mainline. adjective list. Yes. It's great because we get Cisco back from his time with the Prophets. He's from Deep Space Nine. And yes, so there's... At the end of the series, he basically disappeared. 
he became like a godlike being right in in the space wormhole yes yes so um he's from ds9 we get tom paris the intrepid har har pilot from voyager you're laughing because intrepid is the name of the class of ship that voyager is yes so we get scotty who was would not otherwise have been in this time frame except he was stuck in a transporter buffer for like 80 some years and he was released in tng in a very in the episode relics it was super fun it's a that was one of the earliest tng episodes i ever saw growing up because i was originally a tos kid like that was on reruns on broadcast tv so uh, there would be like saturday afternoon or something at like two would be an episode of tos on one of the five channels we had back then so um and that's what my mom really liked too so i grew up watching tos and then after that got into tng and that was a great connection point like oh it's scotty that's cool and he's with them so it was a one episode appearance so this kind of takes some raw material of where these folks are left from and creates a future and the great thing is this is all canon oh they have said all of this is canon we also get beverly crusher from tng (sighs) and picard and picard Picard's first episode, she kicks some ass. Yeah, and there was some Twitter dust up of like, that's not Beverly Crusher. Uh, and it is. And you're like, did you forget the time that she shot a phaser through a Takarian and then upped the power settings and vaporized him? Do you remember the time that she flew a ship into the sun? And then she flew another ship into a sun? It's weird, like uh, gatekeeping slash fragile male egos that's what it is yeah girl's not afraid to pilot a ship into a corona no that should be the crusher maneuver should be is it, is it actually called the crusher maneuver we'd have to look it up anyway anyway so so there's the a main bunch of characters. mainline star trek is what you're summing up right now which is going into issue four pretty soon five five yes oh wow so there's a mission brings all these people together from all these different series and it's good there's a vulcan who my favorite line is we both the gender binary is illogical and we both know it yes we stand and so that's been really good the art's been fantastic um there's star trek resurgence which is leading up to some video game yeah, which the video game was supposed to come out last fall, and it's coming out in April. And it's got Jordy's not quite lover, Leah Brahms. Oh, um, she plays a central role. Um, but the oh no, what is the ship called? I don't know. There is a everyone listening. So Philip's been going hard on the Star Trek, and then like little details escape me, and then it's in and, the most inopportune times. And. Uh, I have to read them still. So there is a stack of Star Trek waiting for me because I've been going hard on Silver Sable. Um, Trying to finish up that series, I'm like three issues away. One of them I bought on Mercari and the seller has not shipped it. It's been two weeks. I've sent multiple messages. Oh. Like, if I recalled who the seller was, I would totally put them on blast right now. Uh, Otherwise, I'll just find it somewhere else so resurgence deals with the tng plotline or several 
So like the, the little details that keep coming up are real good. I think next week we get the new Star Trek Strange New Worlds comic, mm. which has really been fun. It picks up where season one left off. Um, and similar to that, there's Picard Stargazer, which I couldn't find issue one. I just sort of read issues two and three, and that's mm. the that's the arc oh. that sort of leads up to Picard season three. And there's some fun lines in there too. Oh, a little bird told me this. Oh, does that little bird live retire on a French vineyard? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so that's been good. Um, and I love Constellation X class ships as well. So You're there's good. a lot happening in terms of Trek comics, and they're all on my pull list. Yeah, IDW. I mean, they've held the license a long time and you look them up online and there's so many i know and then i showed you like i was digging in a box down here in the basement trying to find paints as you do and i came across this box that just said comics from when i moved into the house four years ago at this point yeah we were had been dating for like two months and you had me lifting heavy boxes yes and um it was just random comics. Like I reached that point in packing where I'm like, it just needs to go in a box. So I opened it up and it was a weird smattering. Like there is Star Trek slash Green Lantern issues one through three. There is Star Trek Boldly Go issue four and five. There is, I found Great Lakes Avengers, the recent series from like 2017, only issue five. I know I had all five of them. I have no clue what happened to issues one through four. No clue, which is upsetting because that's a fun series. So so when there's things like Star Trek Boldly Go, there's a lot of Star Trek with other words after them. And you look it up on the IDW website and there's just pages and pages of Trek comics yeah. that are from like TOS year five, what that year would have been like for the crew. And I there's have disco ones, there's TNG ones. Yeah. And I have the first two trade paperbacks of year five upstairs nice um there's alien one shots and apparently alien one shots have been a thing for a while so there's a really excellent trill one there's a ferengi one that takes place during the ds9 continuity that's super fun we love a good ishka yes we do and i haven't read the klingon one yet and i told myself i wouldn't get the klingon one but here i am yeah you profession. definitely dug it up when you were at the comic store there's an andorian one that i thought was really good from a couple of years ago i also got the orion one there's one for the romulans the borg the vulcans the q and i think someone else that i'm missing mm. so that's fun i love the trill and i am excited whenever one of these other species gets some time in the sun so that's where i've been comic wise no, oh, I can hear Nora in the background. Um, Grunting. She, she, yes, she is making some vocal sounds. She's agreeing with you. That's, or she's telling Nick to back the fuck up. That too. And now he's staring at me like, Dad, I did nothing wrong. I just want to be friends. He does. Um, Why am I here? They don't like going in the basket to come down here. They don't. Or to go anywhere. No, I've been reading some more in the uncanny run that i picked up so i'm in the outback era right yeah. now which 
people love the Outback era. And I can see why. Like, Is it because they, Dassler's there and everyone loves Dassler? No, it's just solid story writing and it takes them away from everywhere. It it takes them out of wherever you expect the X-Men to be. They're not in a mansion. Oh. Um, they are in this dusty-ass Australian town. And then they portal places and... Is that when Gateway is mm-hmm. a part of their team? He's not really a part of the team. Gateway is just Gateway. He's just there. Yes. And he just knows where they need to go. Oh, like in Generation X when he drops off Penance and... Yes. Yes. Penance is where she needs to be. So it is a whole lot of fun. So I'm interspersing that in reading Silver Sable right now. Nice. And I don't know what I'll do with myself when Silver Sable is done. I mean, you have a stack of Star Trek. And a stack, I mean, I talked about on a previous episode, like the stack of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. From like a year and a half ago. And it it goes back like... And Star Wars comics are still going. Oh, yeah, they are. I have, I remember when Marvel got that license in 2015, I think, or 2016, and started them again. And it was so big. Like, I have the first 30 issues of Star Wars and Darth Vader. Oh. Um they took that movie money and bought the Star Wars license. Maybe, I don't know if that's true or not, but that timing seems to line up. They did it to coincide with Force Awakens and everything, like the big Star Wars oh. boom. And I mean, Disney owns Star Wars, they own Marvel, so like the stars aligned because of all those purchases so they could do it again. And it, I fell off. Like they restarted, much like with X Men series and things like that. They reached a point, and then they started everything over, both Star Wars and Darth Vader, with issue one again. And not even the thing where they made the books fictional, like no longer canon, right? That happened before that. Yes, everything before um, is canon or not in canon. It's called Legends, I believe. Yeah. Um. And they did it because they, uh, the first series that I started reading happens between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. And then they drew a clear delineation. They reached where Empire is. And then they restarted Star Wars with number one between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Oh. For storytelling purposes. Because it's weird. Like, in our time, those movies were three years apart, but in star wars time like it varies i forget um like the canon time difference between them yes those events yes so um i fell off and i'll read the stack i have and probably just read them on marvel unlimited if i have any interest past that um the big thing i'm trying to get through is war of the bounty hunters which was one of those classic marvel crossover events it's like 24 parts oh so of course it is. It like it's its own omnibus now was how big it was in terms of a crossover event. So wow. Yeah. I'll get to that someday. But, but we, X Factor. X Factor. Um we're starting off with issue 47, and I believe we should do some scene setting with what Peter David is writing. Ah, yes. What happened last issue? 80 years from now, the decrepit Victor Von Doom tells Madrox and company of the existence of Doomlocks, 
devices that enable people in the past to take actions that would impact on the future rather than just create alternate timelines. This discovery is accompanied by an attack from several sentinels who are promptly catapulted into the past with the unexpected arrival of a not-yet-evil Trevor Fitzroy. Meanwhile, a Cortex-controlled Monet attempting to kill Lenore, and thus, as you've doubtless figured out by now, make sure that Hecate, of the Summer's Rebellion, is never born, winds up squaring off against Siren, only to have their dust-up interrupted by the time display Sentinels. Meanwhile, voice actor Tom Kenny, whose work will be heard in the upcoming animated Marvel Superhero Squad, called Peter's six-year-old daughter Caroline from the San Diego Comic-Con, speaking in the voice of his best-known character, SpongeBob SquarePants. Caroline is still floating over it. That's so fun. It is. What a good dad. You leverage yourself, Peter David. Yeah. Um, we're opening up 80 years in the future. We're in the White House. And... Um, these issues also start with a little bit with Dr. Falcone, the yes. architect of these Sentinels of the whole program of trying to eliminate mutants in the future. So he's in a dispute with the chief of staff for the president of the United States following their confrontation. And he's walking away and a sentinel bursts through the ceiling of the West wing. And he's like, ah, oh, that's my ride. Um, After making some threatening statements, like yeah. generic villain, blah, yes. blah, blah. Um, the Secret Service is coming in and they're like, stop that thing. And they're shooting at a Sentinel's hand with guns. Like, that's going to do anything. They know better. Or should. Or should. Um, so the doctor seems very nonplussed. He's like, yeah, this is normal. Yep. What do you mean you don't also ride in the hand grip of a Sentinel? Yeah. And then they're going to some meeting place that he has termed um, Destination Omega Delta. Now we're in the past. We're in the midst of this battle with Naked Monet and Siren and the Sentinels. And I just want to say the art in this issue is really good in telling the story. Like, you almost don't need text bubbles for some of them in order to understand, like, how the battle is going and what's happening. Yeah, like the explosions around Terry are quite good. Yes. Um, we see... Uh, that the sentinels are going after them while monet she is possessed by cortex cortex is seeing through her eyes and still directing her and the text levels are purple with white white writing yes so we know that is cortex inner monologuing and um he directs monet to go to the sentinels and be like we're on the same side what are you doing and they're like, nope, you're a mutant. We're gonna kill you. We're very much not on the same side. Yes. Oh, there's an ad for those cube cars. Oh. Um, or it isn't quite a pop culture pop-up, but around this time, gas prices were super expensive. So all the car ads in here are for like Yaris, and like they keep making a big deal about their fuel efficiency. Yeah. So we get more of Terry fighting the Sentinels with her scream. She is eating to save her life. And she she can take out these Omega or these futuristic Sentinels. Yep. Like their blasts don't seem to penetrate her sonics. Yeah. And she saves Monet. Yeah. Meanwhile, Cortex has to multitask. Yeah. And we see Longshot with his glorious Bieber mullet. 
um, coming in, and Cortex is like, what the hell are you doing here? And Melanchot's like, I randomly chose a building to try and get a pie and see if I can help. And I just randomly chose this one. What are the chances? Those, But also, what are the chances? Because I'm really bad at math. <laughs> yeah. And he mimics um, Cortex's uh, language. So before he comes through the door, Cortex is like, something, something, the, the lock is abysmal. Yes. And Melanchot's like, my math skills are abysmal. <laughs> so as well as like Peter David parallel dialogue things that's quite good yeah we're in vermont as you are yep this is our c plot it is our c plot and we have the newly not possessed chatterstar we love him yes rolling in and um reverend maddox is like get away i'm gonna grab a gun i think it's around here someplace and rachel and greedo show up and they're like Everything's fine. Yeah. Meet Shatterstar. Well, sorry for the hole in the side of your house slash church. And I love that the reverend is like, get out. Yeah. And they're like, but you might need protection. And I'm like, I only need protection when you people show up and people try to kill me. Yeah. Therefore, if you leave, I'll be fine. And you get like an exasperated reverend with some thought bubbles of them being like, okay, bye. <laughs> sorry for trying to kill you. Um, the center ad in most of these issues yeah. is Ultimate Alliance 2. Which I did not play until we started a little bit ago. I know. And it's so much fun. And I pointed this out to you today. So before we record, even though we've read the issues before, we will review them. And I was like, I think we just like just reread all four of these. We didn't even review. Oh, absolutely. We re- fully reread all these. And I turned to you while I was reading one. And I'm like, it was such a thing that they were advertising, create and customize your ultimate Marvel team from over 24 playable characters. Like, a 24 was the number. 24. Like, compare that to Lego Marvel Superheroes 2. Well, there's like 200. Yeah. It's crazy, the advances. And I remember this game was so state-of-the-art and so good. Even though Gambit does not look good. He does not. His costume choices are so limited. It's an interesting bridge between like X-Men Legends games, mm. which are very similar to Ultimate Alliance 1. Yes. And some of the more future games where you get like different bonuses and yeah. Ultimate Alliance 3, you do have a much bigger roster and yeah. you do have ways to augment people's powers with the ISO 8 stuff. Yep. And if you want to learn more about like the genesis of X-Men Legends and Ultimate Alliance 1, um, Power of X-Men has a great episode with the, basically like the producer, director, like head of those games. And where X-Men Legends 3 would have gone. Yes. So um, super interesting, but yeah, this gives me a shot of nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Um, And just putting it out there, where's our Ultimate Alliance 4? Or... I would settle at this point for Midnight Suns on a platform that we own. We, yeah. bo- we both own like so many platforms. Yes. Like, I mean, granted, many of them are vintage, but like, but we both there's have a one. And I have a Switch. How about one of those? Yeah. Where are you at, Midnight Suns? Um, because X Reads just did an episode on Midnight Suns. And I was like, oh, I. I'm glad they didn't spoil anything, but I'm like, I won't play that game. <laughs> but I refuse to buy a next-gen console for one game unless it is Elder Scrolls. Yeah. Um, 
So we're past the midpoint of this issue when we go 80 years in the future again to a doom delusion of him being carried. It's a procession. With like rose petals on the ground and cheering Latverians. He's and, being held up by a sedan and yep. being carried by Cyclops and Madrox. And Layla is like a flower girl out in front of them all. And no, she's the um, standard bearer. Oh. Yeah. So she's the standard bearer in front. And then we cut to what it really is. And it's him getting inside a Mercedes-Benz van in his wheelchair. And it's like a really grungy sort of image. Yeah, it is. It gives you a really great sense of the dichotomy between Doom's lucid moments and his what he perceives reality to be in his not-so-great moments. And we see Layla and Madrox talking like, that's Trevor Fitzroy. Like, you know. You know what he's going to do. Yeah. And um, Layla's like, you know, I, it is what it is. Like, this is what needs to happen right now. Yeah. Oh, you want to kill him? You want, you're going to do that yeah. right now? And he's like, well, no. Yeah. And everyone's like, quit your winging. Yes. And he asked Doom, what is winging? And Doom gives a very dictionary definition. It's when you complain a lot about something, but you're unwilling to take action about it. Yes. And <laughs> Madarox's response is, damn. Yeah. And again, the art in this specific issue, just so good. Like, how can I get some of these original pages? Because I just am such a fan of... There are multiple double page spreads of action. Um, we're back to now. So it's Cortex long and Longshot are in a fight. Um, Cortex can shoot like tendrils of techno organic blood, Something. like out to like try to incapacitate Longshot. He's doing. This is how he gets avatars, apparently, either from a psychic imprint or by sending out these little tentacles through his eyes. Yes. And I think he needs the tentacles on Longshot because Longshot has the same sort of extra dimensional-ness mm. that Shatterstar has. And he even goes in there to say like, this person is a lot like Shatterstar. Wait a minute, they're connected. He's dot, dot, dot. And we don't get to know what the dot, dot, dot is. Nope. Oh, it's like, Peter David. There's like all these little breadcrumbs of what the connection is between Shatterstar and Longshot. And it's just, Peter David is wrapping up so much, like we said at the top of this issue review, with these four issues. But still, he's seeding things for the future. Yeah. It is like, this isn't the end because we're going somewhere. Um, Fun fact, Longshot is so lucky when he threw his knives, one of them just kept bouncing off of stuff and then sliced one of those tubules. Megan the Stallion or did I get ahead of myself I don't I'm already on to the next page where it's Siren battling because again her sonic scream visuals are so good yes they're electric green she is beating the shit out of the sentinel yeah Um, I I mean if I construct an X-Men team I might want her like there's a lot going on i remember way back when when we read that one where she's in um cassidy keep and the irish 
Alpha Flight version is there trying to either capture her or capture yeah. Banshee, and she kicks all their asses. Yes. And she's like, don't bother coming back. You could have just asked. Yes, that was a Marvel Comics Presents. Yeah. Yes. And she had no problem nope. kicking them to the curb. She is on a hot streak. Darwin is running to try to get back to Lenore, and Sentinel Shrapnel comes down and hits him. And he's like, join X-Force, they said. X-Factor. X-Factor, they said. <laughs> oh, so many comic titles in my head. So he like, is a great... You read the you read the thing. Come join X Factor. Fight the good fight. We're low key. No giant robots, right? As he is squished underneath the giant robot. Yes, we know he's going to be okay because he will adapt. He's Darwin. Um, up in the sky, we have Cortex Monet taking the head off of one of these Sentinels. This is where the knife is rebounding. Oh, and uh, gets Cortex in the back of the neck. Oh. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it's like a thing. Maybe I'm thinking of some Borg episode. Probably. Star Trek on the mind. Um, but he shouts out in pain, and Monet does the same. And then this is where she is taking more control, and she's like, get out of my head. And, uh, I mean, she's been mind-controlled before. So yeah. She excises him from yep. her mind. Yep. And she's pissed. She is. And now she's real naked. Yes. And she is going to beat the shit out of Cortex. And um, Cortex is a dupe. Yeah. Well, Terry's like, Monet, you might want to put clothes on first. And the Cortex says, it's nothing I haven't seen before. Right, Monet? And this is where the hood comes down and it's a dupe. And he has the purple multiple man symbol on his forehead. On his forehead. He looks techno-organic. And that's where the episode ends. So we know who Cortex is. You mean issue ends? Yes. See, we both still have Star Trek on the mind. So we pick up with issue 48. Yeah. And again, we have this weird little interlude with Falcone in this musty base. There's some big sentinels. And he's talking to someone. There... There's a lot of blame being thrown around. Like, you're assuring me this is going to settle, <laughs> that I was going to settle old scores, that I'd be hailed as a visionary. And the other voice is like, and you will be, sort of like Joan of Arc. Oh. A, lot of, a lot of banter of like, Joan of Arc died, I want to actually be around. And the big reveal, it's Trip the, the fake Merlin. Fake Merlin Trip is back. He is. It's another one of those like beautiful full page. Yeah. Yeah, full page, double pages when it's the whole thing. This is a splash page. Yes. Yes. And he's there being all creepy. And Falcone is like, he's getting pissed. I'm less than sanguine with the direction this conversation has taken. <laughs> like, you need to remain calm. Do as I say from the Elder Trip. And the Elder Trip was like, Summers is not the problem. And then Falcone's like, is it Madrox? And the elder trip is no, Layla Miller. If anyone screws this up for us, it's going to be her. And we get her in the future, walking on a beach, enjoying things. She's on the Jersey Shore. Yes, but fortunately, there's no spray tan. There's no gigantic hairstyle. Yes. It's just Layla Miller and Cyclops. 
who is upset that Doom is there. But Layla knows what she's doing. But Von Doom with half a brain is still more than most people with a full brain. It's true. Capacities. Yeah. And she, Layla's very good at changing the subject. She's like, oh, Fitzroy's back. And you're going to have to have the same conversation with Ruby. And Scott's like, it's different. And you know it. Mm. So they all are sort of buying into the Ruby could be good for Fitzroy. He might not be as evil. And they look like, you know, mm. it's the damage that he does do. Yeah. And just because you're called Cyclops doesn't mean you have to be myopic. Yeah. Calling out Cyclops for being too close to the situation to see the situation clearly. I mean, that's that's his problem a lot, I feel. Oh, yeah. So it's, at, least it's not, at least he's consistent. Yes. We're back on the boardwalk. There's the Rebellion youngsters talking. There's Maddox over with Winston and Doom. And Cyclops has a a confrontation with Doom. Maddox is trying to calm the situation, but Cyclops still says, like, stay out of my way. The Doom has nothing to say. And he says, as you wish, in the second panel. And on the next page, we get Layla on the beach. There's a for Zach and a pew, well, <laughs> not on a monopia pew, but you can see a cloaked figure flying through the air and lands. And on the fourth panel at the bottom of the page, Leo's like, So, how'd it go to a steaming Cyclops? <laughs> and Von Doom asks Madrox, Is he in my way? No. And I am therefore not in his. <laughs> and I'm like, Where did you even build that? He's like, Oh, Back of the van, I was bored. Yeah. So he still has his abilities. Yeah. Cyclops comes back and he's still pissed. And like the way that he says Madrox, mm-hmm. like you know he's winding up to be yelled at. And Madrox isn't having it. He's like, You brought me here to investigate this. I'm going to investigate it the way that I see fit. And Cyclops is like, I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> and Madrox is like, neither do I. So now we get our title page. Yeah, like halfway into the issue. Yeah, it actually kind of is. Yeah. There's one page and then you get the staples. Yep. It is the cortex equation. And we get the little purple boxes. So it's the internal monologue. Yeah, we're back in the present. We have Monet, we have Siren. And he knows that this is not going according to his plan and he's slightly pissed about it, but he says it's all worth it just to see the looks on Terry and Monet's faces. Oh, you're so smug and arrogant. They know nothing and I know everything. Mm. And he ends up blasting Monet away. She ends up in the alley with Lenore? (laughs) Of all things? (laughs) And she mutters something and Lenore's like, clothes? You want me to get closer to you? (laughs) Poor Monet is like, clothes, you idiot. <laughs> get, me- get me my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and then get the hell out of here. So Terry, last time she saw Terry was, in, she saw Madrox was in a hospital mm-hmm. right after the baby. And this cortex is all taunting her and stuff. Like how I got this way. I, who sent me my whole mission um, or I could do something very exciting. I could tell you everything that happens to you instead, whether the mutant race is restored, who you marry, how you die, 
how you bring your dear dead dad back from the dead. Would you like me to tell you all that? And this image of Terry being pissed yeah. is beautiful. Teeth gritted, hair flowing. No. She ease him through an office building. Like, like, oh, this is why you want her on your team. Yeah. And again, the art, like, it's this outline all in black of cortex and it's got the green circles around Monet's face. Oh, so good. And just to call it out, the penciler on these issues is Valentine Delandro. Did a great job. Yes. And she ease him again. He hits an elevator. I swore that if I saw you again, I'd break your neck. I have a month to dwell on it. So thank you. Thank you for coming back as an evil version. So I don't have to doubt <laughs> what I was going to do. And Cortex just keeps monologuing. He really does. He goes all around. I do believe I've gotten your Irish up. Um, you're not, you saw what I did to Monet. You're not invulnerable. I could kill you where you stand. And she ease him again through the elevator shaft. He somehow gets behind her, knocks her behind the head, and she falls into the shaft. And he's like, huh, I didn't think I could do it, but I could, and I did. And then Monet is right there. She punches him through the chest. Mm. It's a page and a half of this punch. Yeah, uh, again, a big double page spread action sequence. Yeah, so like, no one takes over my mind. Never, ever again. Yep. Ever. And then you get this gigantic again as she's punching through. It's so good which is a good transition to Madrox in the in, future. In the future with Layla. Clutching his chest. Yep. Like he knows that something has happened to a dupe. Yes. Even through time. And it's a weird, we'll find out later about this dupe, but the relationship between them is just very strange. Um, he says he feels like Riverdance just stampeded all over my chest. <laughs> <laughs> or all over his grave. Yes. And they get down to business. There's Ruby and Doom. And yeah, he made that thing out of spare parts in the truck. Despite appearances, I have my moments of lucidity. As for why, I was bored. Doom's gonna doom. Yep, Doom's gonna doom. So they find a lab and Madrox's plan is for Doom to build a contraption to bring his Doom lock there okay wherever it is in time whoever has it like retrieve that thing yes yep and bring it back and so on the next page we get terry climbing up the elevator cable yep because terry and she's amazing yeah is she there was no way that she'd be dead yeah monet standing over the body and Terry's like how could you kill him <laughs> And she's like, he was a dupe. It's fine. <laughs> and he didn't even have any blood in his body. I don't know what he was. And this dupe just sort of gets back up. He's like, it's rude to talk about someone as if they're not here. And by the way, Monet, you left your client unattended. That was a mistake. And he does a weird portal thing. Yeah, it's like a square portal. Yeah, like a little doorway. Except he's still on the ground. I think it's one where he must have the ability to orient them in any way so right. he can fall through yeah. and then like be standing at his yeah. destination because gravity. 
and Darwin tries to go to Lenore. She freaks out because there's a hand on her shoulder that she was not expecting. And Cortex shows up and he's pissed. I have had no desire to do this. Taking direct hand is pushing the limits of coronal reversion. It risks tearing the fabric of reality, possibly even causing bleed through. But I've expended entirely too much effort on this one female. I could have just simply gone and killed Hecate myself in the time this has taken. Mm. Enough is enough. He sticks his hand out and then shunk. And it's Shatterstar just chopped his hand off. Yep. How, how did they get from Vermont to Detroit so fast? Oh, we're going to find out. There's a letters page. There is. I forgot to even read this letters page. Oh, because there's someone who's like, yuck, yuck, yuck. There's, how could you have Richter and Shatterstar kissing? They're dudes. Oh. Bleh, homophobia. Bleh. Oh. And so that one gets dragged. There's, oh, maybe in this issue, someone else is like, wrote a fu- an essay, like it's more than an entire column. Wow, of letters that's a letter. And it's generally complimentary. It talks about how um, good a job Peter David did with the Reverend Maddox mm-hmm. and portraying someone who's more religious and but then they still go out here i don't know it that 10 percent of the population is gay so like somehow only 10 percent of storylines should be gay is very strange um that's some fuzzy math and there's enough with runaways north star annul karma and ultimate colossus it would be nice to have comics that don't make sexuality in general an issue or when it does it doesn't feel forced or out of place i mean this says to me i have to read ultimate (laughs) x-men Yes. <laughs> I have it over there in a short box just waiting. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how they expect characters to not talk about like it, their They desires. listed like four people there and that's not 10% of Marvel characters. So, And it's only talking about sexuality when it's talking about a queer character. And at least Peter David brings it up. He's like, these discussions have been around since the 60s when they're all ooing and eyeing over the invisible woman. Like, if all these straight dudes are doing it. Cy- like, also- Cyclops just fucking Emma Frost. And the other way around. I mean... Good for Emma. Yeah, that's all up in the comics. Like, they're like in bed together. And this is after New X-Men, I think? Yes. Yeah, so that's our... There's been a lot of Cyclops getting around. Yes. So, like, whatever. We're not going to go into it on this podcast because it's dumb, and anyone who's listening to this will also agree with us that why are you criticizing sexuality? Right. It's part of a person's whole Comic being. reader. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go through the whole thing at the beginning of issue 49 because we're coming right off of 48. issue 48. But... Meanwhile, Marvel announced its plan to restart X-Factor with 200. Peter's daughter Caroline is starting first grade, his daughter Ariel is starting college, and Peter is starting to feel like he is 200. So uh, this is where uh, they're gonna, like, we've talked about how we're getting to issue 200. It's because they are going back to the legacy numbering, like, of the original X-Factor run. Like, if you take original x-factor plus all of the issues we've been going through in this podcast smash them all together then issue 200 
is the 200th issue of all X Factor. I see. Not counting annuals. Oh, annuals get their own numbering system? They do. So, um, like the Dewey Decimal System up in here, but worse. The first half of this issue, fully the first half, is us seeing how Strong Guy, Richter, and Shatterstar get from Vermont back to Detroit. Boys trip. It's a boys trip. Um, and it's really the fallout that we're seeing since it is a flashback to one hour ago. Um, yeah, they covered the whole time. Oh, it is. It's, Detroit is an Eastern. Oh, it is. Yeah. Anyway, so they're driving along and it's the fallout from Strong Guy seeing Richter and Shatterstar kiss. And this is hilarious. It's so many things. Um, a strong guy is processing it. He's like, I didn't know that you were, you know. You know. And Richter's like, what's that supposed to mean? Nothing. No, you've got something to say. Say it. Ain't none of my business. You're skeeved because Star kissed me and you were kissing back. What if I was? I just, I didn't know. I mean, I thought Madrick said that you and Rain were. We were. So what Richter, our bisexual king is out here. Like giving it back to Strong Guy and being like, what's your problem? Like, come on, let's get through this. Why is this taking so long to process? Yeah. They're driving, some guy jumps off of a overpass that they're going under, and Strong Guy just reaches out and rescues him, carrying on the conversation with Richter. As if nothing had happened. Yeah. So um he catches this guy and we see Strong Guy saying, so I was just wondering for no particular reason if you swing both ways and the guy he rescues is like, no, I'm straight, but my girlfriend dumped me and wasn't talking to you. Who are you guys? I'm your guardian angel and he's your fairy godmother. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then he like chucks him to safety in some bushes as he's still driving. Yeah. Um, and Richard's like, really? Fairy godmother? <laughs> um, and uh, Guido was like, it just came to me. <laughs> um, so then Shatterstar wakes up and is like, well, you seem rather concerned about this. And Strong Guy is like, and the peanut gallery weighs in. So Shatterstar is like, I wasn't asleep. I, I, I was, was in a contemplative state. Which shit, that sounds like an excuse for some people in our lives. That's like that I could have. <laughs> apply to when I'm <laughs> talking about them. <laughs> They're not resting. They're in a contemplative state. Yeah. And Guido comes back and is like, well, I hope it wasn't California because they're doing some not great things to you. Yeah. And it's this is around the time of Prop 8 when gay marriage was legal for a hot socket in California and then people were like, oh no, just kidding. Yeah. So that's a whole era of our country's history. Um, so Shatterstar is sort of describing how he got back here. Um, there's some vortexes, there's some time traveling, and he's were... like, I just I kept my my thoughts kept returning to you and our friendship, it meant a great deal to me. So that's how he got back. He it was really just thinking about Richter a whole lot, yeah, and that's sort of working with his powers. Um and he's like, I'm sorry if I hurt you in any way. And Richter's like, it's no big deal. And they have a moment. They have a moment. It's very cute. And 
Richter's like, oh man, this is going to be a long drive home. And Shatterstar is like, you wish to be home sooner? Just think of home. And Guido's like, is this going to be a whole Dorothy riff? Because that's a little too on the nose. <laughs> um, and he is, and he's like, all right, Richter, I'm Richter's thinking of home. And Shatterstar's like, now open up the sunroof. <laughs> there is no sunroof. He's like, oh, that's fine. Not a problem. He makes one. He makes one with his swords and he opens up the X portal and they are boom back in Detroit and Val Cooper is there on the front steps of their very nice Victorian headquarters. Yes. And she's like, it's about time. And then Shatterstar jumps out and kisses her and he's like, come gentlemen, let us away. And Richter's like, what the fuck was that? The expression on Richter's face is so good. And then you get Val Cooper and she's on the like, bottom of the page like, huh. She's like, well. Bright, bright future, that one. He's got a bright future. <laughs> um, so that was, what a fun way to open up an issue. Like, fully half of this issue is just shenanigans. Yes, and comedic relief. There are these great big battles of import happening. And then we got some some road trip. Yeah. And now we're 80 years from now. We're past the halfway point of this issue. Sentinels are attacking people in Philadelphia. Layla led them there, but not directly. She just was like yearning for a good cheesesteak. Like actual cheesecake. It's cheesesteak. Yes. Golden Girls cheesecake. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So a little too on the nose. They go for cheesesteak and there's a sentinel attack so they're in the midst of a battle trevor fitzroy tosses the liberty bell at one of their heads um nothing sacred to him but we know that and i actually don't know much about trevor fitzroy closest i've come to him was the flashback in generation x when they were in the some dream reality as the hellions oh and he oh yeah that's a fun issue yeah so what um they're discussing the ramifications basically like is there any way to stop the annihilation of this future and just Layla and Madrox having this conversation yes and Layla's like no and the things that are happening are the things that need to happen and she's like um and Madrox is like am I causing this and she's like you're one of the causes and I'm the other and misery loves company yep um von doom is in his headquarters with cyclops and he's like you wish an audience with me mr klops <laughs> i can't i can't call you Cy. that is a first name and we are not that's too familiar yes um and cyclops is like never mind madrox told me you can locate the key to our problem um and doom is like not a key a lock a doom lock um so they're basically discussing things and Doom tips his hand and calls him Summers. So he's like, wait a minute, you do know who I am. And there's a nice bubble of ta- of dialogue in there where Doom is like, I need to enjoy my moments of lucidity because my the, good days. the good days are not as good as they used to be and the bad days are getting worse. Yes. So uh, um, he's like, I'm it's doom reflecting on himself like it's pretty deep like yeah. do you want to go through the the text bubbles 
Look at us, Summers. We are more relics of a more elegant time. We are relics of a more elegant time, you and I. Elegant? Because wars and government acts muddled the waters. Muddied the waters. Could have muddled them too, though. Um, we stood for something once. I, the use of power for personal gain, since who else but me is entitled to benefit from my efforts? You and your ilk using power for the benefit of the commonweal. Yet the commonweal despised us both, and you more than me. Do you know why? Because people are idiots. Because they understood me. I was the villain. Selfishness, not altruism, is the default moral stance of humanity. You met their suspicions with altruism, and since they could not understand it, they hated you all the more. So deep. And like, what a plot point. Yeah. I did not expect Doom development in this book at all. No. And here we are. Yeah. Like, we flash back to now, where it is Cortex with his arm on the ground in the middle of the street. It's not cousin it, but there's an Adam's family reference. I'm trying to figure out what it might it's just called be. Thing. Thing is just the hand. Thing. Okay. Um confronting Darwin, Richter, Shatterstar, and Guido, and we have Lenore sheltering behind Guido. And again, great action sequence. Because Shatterstar is going to go after him with his knives, and this hand comes up and just grabs him and trips him, and then Cortex reattaches reattaches it, and he's like, "I could have ended all this. I'm giving you a sporting chance because I feel like it. Like he's playing with them." Yeah, which is a turnaround because before he's just like, "This is far too much effort." Yeah, I should just be more direct. Yeah, Um, he goes to blast them because his blasting power is through his hand, like Iron Man. And Guido takes all of it. He shelters everyone else. Yeah. 80 years from now, we see the, I guess, the magnet for the Doomlock. Yeah. Yes. Um, Like a little golden gateway. Yeah. So it's like, this will bring you to the Doomlock. Bring the Doomlock to us. It says, Madrox, you were interested in my retrieving the Doomlock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, I yes. read that wrong. I thought Madrox retrieving. Okay. Yes. So um, they activate it, and we see that Cortex is being yanked back. like Right the, when he was about to end Lenore. And Shatterstar is getting choked out by Thing, yeah. and... Which has somehow become unattached again? I don't know. Like, he detached it after shooting? I don't know. Um, But he is yanked in the nick of time, literally. Like, they were not doing good. No. And he is yanked to 80 years in the future. He is confronted by Doom. I am Victor Von Doom. I brought you here. And I believe you'll find that while in transition, my technology has overwritten your command systems. You're taking orders from me now. So that they will not continue to confuse the common wheel by serving it, I would be most appreciative if you would kill all the mutants. And that's how the issue ends. Yeah. We're going into our big issue 50. Because Doom's gonna doom. Doom's gonna gonna take over. And the fact that he pulled little bits and pieces, like he was cogent enough to rewrite Cortex. Yep. But not so cogent that he was getting confused with his conversation with Cyclops, so he brought that back again yep so are there any fun notes from peter david to open up our final issue of this episode for those who came in late there's a legend of a girl two walks wait sorry wrong recap in the bengala jungle 
I don't know what that's a reference to. For those who came in later is the actual summary of what we've been going through. And for those who came in even later, Peter's daughter, Ariel, kicked off her college career with a school trip to Ireland where she promptly broke her foot. And his daughter, Caroline, kicked off her first grade career by burning her wrist in the cafeteria, reaching for some hash browns. Thanks, heavens, for health insurance. I mean, we can relate. We love potatoes. Oh, I do. Yeah. So the text boxes that we get now are in a different handwriting. Mm -hmm. They are, they seem more sort of like diary entry-ish. Okay. More handwriting style. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So there was a boy who lived in an orphanage. His parents were killed and his home destroyed. He was off visiting his grandma that night under mysterious circumstances. That's what authorities always called it when thought mutants were involved. The boy's name was Anthony Falcone and he hated mutants. He hated them more than anybody ever had, maybe. So here we get the appearance of Trip the fake Merlin to a young Anthony Falcone. And he's like, you want to do some crimes? I'll help you do some crimes, but it's going to take about 40 years. Yeah. My, my, the things we do to children. And Mr. Tripp uh, was a man who lived between times, stuck there like a piece of cork floating in a bottle. And he asked Anthony, would you like to make all the mutants go away? And kid says yes. And evil Tripp says, I can arrange that. Jump 40 years in the future. It's still them having a conversation. It's happening now, Falcone. He's like, what are you talking about, Tripp? What's, what the hell? Cortex is back? In the middle of the summer's camp, it's like we finally have them deploy clean sweep, deploy clean sweep. It's finally going to be a brand new day. And a weird skater on a got milk ad. Mm. So here we've got Cortex dragged into the future. This, is, <laughs> this wasn't my idea. It's Von Dooms. There's nothing elegant about this. It's not the slightest bit noir. And Unfortunately, you brought this on yourself. So there's people leaping out of the way. Yep. And Ruby is super upset because Fitzroy got shot in the head. Everyone else is fine. Like, apparently the beams miss, but like that one hit with precision. Right through the head. Um, So Ruby's pissed and blast Cortex out of the building. So, by Cortex. It's like the third time he makes some comment about a woman being feisty. Mm. And she's got some sugar in her smacks. Ew. It's weird. And Peter David knows how to write a creep. Yeah. There's a bubble of leave them alone. Cortex says, I'll be damned. And it's Layla Miller saying, join the club. And so Ruby says to Madrox back in the building, go get Layla. It's not for you to understand. Just get her now. <laughs> and you're Von Doom. And we get this sort of standoff between Doom and Ruby. And Ruby gets blasted by an unknown red beam. And it's Cyclops. Um, the price for talk, however, particularly when it's wholly inappropriate talk aimed at your betters, can be very, very steep. Especially when one... <laughs> Such as I encounter as a creature such as Mr. Klops here. (laughs) More cybernetic organism than man, and I've always had a knack for controlling such organisms. 
Mr. Klops, please kindly dispose of your offspring. So poor Doom is all sorts of mixed up. He is. He's like, just enough of the right pieces, but all a kilter. Yeah, they, uh, sometimes they don't click into place. Yeah. Back on the beach, we get the people in the rebellion rushing to Layla's aid, but she says, I got this. And he's like, Cortex is like, Layla, how are you planning on doing that? Are you going to move something so something drops on me? Is a whale going to leap up and swallow me? With you, anything is possible. And Layla kind of goes off, like, you'd think that, but no, hardly anything is possible. The concept of free will is a joke, and I am the punchline. And Cortex is about to punch her, and Mandrox gets here. Like, no, that's mine. Layla, go to Ruby. This guy's mine in every sense of the word. So we get this face-off between Mandrox Prime and this dupe slash Cortex, who's saying that they are as similar as you were once a zygote. I am unique. You can't kill me, sort yeah. of already dead. And you can't reabsorb me because- and Like, even if you were successful, I would take you over yeah. because I am so advanced. I'm way more likely to take you over. You fancy yourself a hard-boiled detective? What would Sam Spade do? And Mandrox Prime punches Cortex in the face. And Cortex goes off of like, seriously? Hard-boiled doesn't mean cracked? <laughs> I can kill you a half a dozen ways. Punch-out is just going to play to your strengths. Each impact is going to create a dupe. And Mandrox Prime is like, it's not automatic. Come on, show me what you got. And this dupe just shoots, just has a gun and shoots Mandrox. Blam, Multiple times. Blam, blam, blam. Yep. There are bloodstains. So it's like, you, so where's the real Mandrox? Like, he wouldn't be stupid enough to come to not send a dupe. Yeah. And he's like, well, you'd think that, but. But what? Yeah. And Hecate does her thing, sort of blacks him out. And so the other one, I can't remember her name. Did we meet? I thought it was a dude, the one who's always burning. This is a blonde woman. No. Oh. Helping Madrox off, getting him over to uh, Sal for healing. And that butterfly is, might be the only one who can help you. So Layla gets there. She is witnessing this battle between Cyclops and Ruby. Ruby's like, well, fuck it. Um, shoots down Cyclops and she vows revenge upon Doom who has mysteriously disappeared um, and she basically for she doesn't force but she tells Layla like do it use your power and Layla's like I don't know what you've seen and it was like butterflies birds fish a breached seal that one time you don't and Layla's like you don't know what you're asking why do you care so much? And Ruby's like, he's my son. Yeah. And Layla's like, really? And like Trevor Fitzroy's her son? What? <laughs> and she's like, no, of course not. Just he was a good man with tremendous potential. Just once, let's confound the fates. And Layla says, if it goes wrong, I shot him down. What I giveth, I taketh away. And I won't hear boo about it from you. Deal. So she does it. She says, I'm sorry. And Ruby's like, you don't owe me an apology. And she's like, I know, but I'm talking to him. Yeah. 
So we know that whatever she does is not entirely great. Right. Like she somehow, can somehow bring him back. Yes, it, but somehow like something's gonna go wrong for him in the future. Like she knows. Yeah. Yep. So Madrox is in pain, being healed by Self, and Self gets turned into a flaming pile of body. Yep. It's very sad. Cortex. Because Cortex is a dick. Yep. Cortex incinerates him. And so Madrox gets back up, starts punching Cortex again. And he's like, why am I still alive? What are you waiting for? Why are you screwing around? And Cortex says, because if you were dead, James, you wouldn't have a chance to see what's coming. Falcone gave me a heads up. He's sweeping you away. And I wanted to be around for it. I wanted you to have a taste of what I went through. I tried to return to you, got trapped in a vortex, like or a hundred lifetimes passed for every minute I was there. And how much thought did you give me, dad, while I was gone? Mm. How much? And Madrox is like, none. none. None at all. So now we get these super massive sentinels descending. This is this clean sweep mm-hmm. that everyone's been talking about. And Trip is like, you're making a mistake, Falcone. You don't need to be on site like this. And Falcone's like, yes. Oh, no, I got to be. I have to. I have to see this. What's the worst that can happen? I die, I'll risk it. And here come more of them from the woodwork. So the mutants are coming out to fight them. And all components activate, clean sweep. God's will be done. And you get these little tiny panels all adding up to one super massive yeah, cannon like their, looking thing. Their feet like open up for cannons. Their hands. Yeah. There's not so much of a head, but a body. The chest Good. is also a Barrel. big beam. Yeah, like it's five beams per sentinel. But it, by their powers combined, they don't shoot the boardwalk. They create this little glowy sun. Yes. And then we get back to the handwriting to explain what is happening. And Cortex explained then, because that's what bad guys do, they just have to explain these things. So to sum up these, all the Sentinels that they had been fighting in the Rebellion were like older models. They were far too easy, but they were a Trojan horse. They were imparting these Hadron particles onto the mutants. And so this clean sweep little sun is going to drag all of them all of these particles and whatever the particles are attached to, drag them out, throw them someplace, someplace else. So Falcone figured he would go around the country, open the gateway, and mutants would just get yanked in, leaving humans unharmed. Atlantic City was going to be the perfect test case. Most troublesome of the mutants hauled away in one shot. To tumble around between dimensions, maybe they'd wind up somewhere, maybe not. But either way, Falcone would be happy. And the thing that Falcone didn't account for is we can be pretty darn stubborn. And we get this great image of Madrox clinging to a light pole with all these dupes creating like the... Like a lifeline. Like a lifeline or like that that game with the barrel of monkeys where you have to link their arms together. Yes. It sort of looks like that. And it's super awesome. But then Cortex is there lurking. So... I'm just going to blow apart your anchor. Enjoy your living hell, Madrox. We won't meet again. And from underneath the boardwalk, we get a hand saying, you got that right. And it's Creepy Fitzroy. 
Yeah. So in addition to apparently flying in strength, Fitzroy and his portals that he will eventually learn to control, um, he drains life forces. So he drains the life force out of Cortex completely. The one thing that could possibly kill Cortex. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't an accident that he was shot between the eyes earlier. And that he didn't know that Layla was going to bring him back. Mm -hmm. And so Ruby shoots the machine. Um, It was just enough to distract Falcone for a moment to stagger him and distract him. Fitzroy sort of takes control of the portal that the Sentinels had created. And that whole contraption gets shot someplace else. And it's super depressing because we learn that the someplace else is 40 years in the past where this is what killed Falcone's parents. Yep. His own creation from the future. Voltaire said that God is a comedian playing to an audience that's too afraid to laugh. I doubt Anthony Falcone was thinking about that when the universe stopped spinning. But he must have recognized his old neighborhood as it had looked 40 years earlier. So that's the end of Falcone. Then we get Madrox checking back on on Layla. And he's like, is is it true what they said about Fitzroy? Did you really? And she says, knowing stuff was never my power, Jamie. I can return life to the dead. I did small stuff at first, bigger as I got older. And Madbox is agog with a possibility. Yeah. It's like, you can bring back Banshee, Teresa Wood. And Layla goes off, you don't understand. With a bug or a seal, I don't know why a seal, but a seal is the example yeah. that keeps popping up. Uh, but with a person, with Fitzroy, no one notices they don't have souls. Fitzroy will have no soul, no conscience, no morality. I should have refused. I could have, but I didn't because my job is to keep reality on track. And she gets Madrox, like, as he's approaching her, to step back on the contraption. And the notebook handwriting says, apparently Doom had left his time device rigged for one final trip. I know why, of course, and so will you soon enough. And Jamie will find out too in a couple of years. All Jamie knew at the moment was that one second we were in the future and then Madrox was rematerializing back in X-Factor headquarters and I was nowhere to be seen. So we got this image of Madrox materializing through this portal. Everyone's there, Shatterstar, Darwin, Richter, Monet, Strong Guy, Siren, Longshot. And we're back in front of St. Joan's Orphanage. Yeah. On the next page. With the young Layla Miller that we first met, basically. With the four 6664 shirt and her cool striped tights. And talking with older Layla. And they're talking like, but where did you go? And Layla's older Layla, I should say. is like, here, I want to appear in now because this is where I need to be. Time is an illusion. Lunchtime, doubly so. The Bun Buns would agree with that. (laughs) So reality is also an illusion, as I, and so is free will, as I said. Sometimes we are who we are, but most of the time we're who others need us to be. I need you to be that person. So younger Layla's like, okay, look, let's say I believe you, that you're me, and all this happens to us. That I join a mutant team, get a fashion faux pas etched on my face. So what now? And elder Layla brings out this device. 
and she zaps younger Layla with a shuck. In the head. In the like, head. Makes contact with the head and activates whatever she's holding. Consensually. She's like, yeah. I need you to pull your hair back. Yeah. Everything that happened in my life, plus everything I found out that happens in the next 80 years, a ton of stuff. Too much to absorb, really, which is why we'll have gaps in our knowledge. But that's okay. Not knowing everything means at least we get to pretend to have free will sometimes. You'll come around in a minute or so. Now, if you excuse me, I can't sit around just talking to myself the things we do to children, which is the same thing that Tripp said. It's the end of the arc. It but, is. But it's not the end of the issue. No. So we uh, there's a big double-page spread. Uh, there's also the statement of ownership there. Oh, so uh, there yes. are about 35,000 copies that are sold each issue on average. Um, oh. So that's what we're looking at for circulation of the title. It was $27 for 12 issues. Um, also, as Elder Layla walks away, though, we should say that there's a wall with graffiti on it, and it's all the names of people. All the creators have contributed so far to X-Factor investigations. So Stroman, Pablo, um, Pablo Raimondo. Raimondi. Uh, Raimondi. Oh, bowels. Um, Larry Stroman, VC's Petit. Yeah, Corey Petit. Corey Petit. Um, there's PAD, Peter Allen David. Souk, Martinez, Seaball, Arlom, Delandro, Calero. Like, all, yeah. it, it's a super cool tribute. Yes. So, so I wanted to bring some attention to that too. Then we turn the page. It's a big double page teaser for X Factor 200. And the, it shows the new outfits, which are super cool. Yeah. But then it keeps going. Invisible Woman has vanished. There are these two, I would say gnomes, but they're actually small kids. children. There are two kids. And uh, one of them is saying this, and this is Franklin. Yes. Who's saying, the Invisible Woman has vanished. And we're in X-Factor headquarters. This is basically setting up the X next arc. arc. Yeah. So one arc has finished. We're planting the seed of the next. And it's all in the same issue. It was very yeah. confusing. When I'm like, I know. Is this, did I skip something? Right. And I was like, wait, is this just like the first few pages of the next issue? But it's not. And they have a whole back and forth about har har, the invisible woman has vanished. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, the kids are like, no, you idiots. Her mom's gone. Valeria, kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there's a whole back and forth between Madrox and Darwin and them. And... <laughs> It is great because Valera is like, wow, you should be a detective. Hercule Poirot would have nothing on you. And Darwin is like, we're like the guy from the Pink Panther. And they're like, oh, no, now that's irony. <laughs> it's like, Darwin, don't help. Because that's that's Clouseau. Yes. Peter Sellers. Yes. Fun, fun movie. So the kids are explaining that like she took off in the fantastic car and, and the fantastic car came back yeah. and even though our dad is the smartest dude on the planet he's been acting weird he's acting real dodgy i might have hacked into the sensors to tell that he was lying and they just sort of flit and float because apparently their jackets can fly make will make them fly yeah. courtesy of reed richards um and so Human Torch is out of town. Uncle Ben said it was grown-up stuff and that Valeria wouldn't understand. 
And the man, incredible, the man can't complete a Sudoku to save his life, and he's telling me there's something I won't understand. <laughs> um, so Madras goes off to confer with Darwin, and Darwin's like, yeah, they're sort of creepy, but that sort of says, like, if there's smoke, there's fire. Um, and then we also got Shatterstar and Richter watching Gladiator. Shatterstar has thoughts and feelings about the sword play in the movie, but he delivers his lines well. He's like, you know, he's an actor, right? And he's like, that's no excuse <laughs> for poor fighting. Um, and I don't quite get the reference to Gladiator movies, or is it just like hunky guys? What What's the reference? Tell me, Shatterstar, do you like Gladiator movies? Oh, that's a line from uh, Airplane. Oh. Because it, the pilot is creepy and <laughs> is talking to him. He's like, do you like Gladiator movies? Oh. Yeah. So they say that they, they got a case. Strong guy playing the comedic foil mm-hmm. starts to go down the same path of the invisible woman has vanished. And <laughs> Radosh is like, don't start. Yeah. <laughs> And we get a little bit of context on the very last page. Hard to believe we're back in New York. They were operating out of an abandoned funeral home I managed to buy on the cheap. When I told the crew Guido and I were going to restart X-Factor investigations in New York so Terry could have Detroit alter herself, I didn't know that most of them would show up to my doorstep a month later because Terry decided to shut down the office. So. Yeah, and, it's a. Yeah, it's a fast track way to get us to where we need to be to set up the next story like it's so jarring going from one arc to the missing invisible woman but it makes sense if in case yeah. they were worried that people would be like this has enough closure for me i'm going to stop getting this yeah they have to like add another hook for the next yeah plot line. and i would be surprised that we wrapped up a big move like that but we did it when we went to detroit uh, it was like Oh, three months later or whatever it oh, was in right. Detroit. And in it's the like, diner with Val. And you're yeah. like, oh, oh, okay. So it's not out of the question for the series. No, but that one felt a little bit more natural to some extent. Mm. But this, and this one was just like new location, new plot line. Yeah. Some young kids. Yeah. So that's it. We just went through four big issues. Yeah. I mean, two of them. One of them was supersized. One of them. They were so good and yeah. so engaging and very hard to stop watching or stop reading. <laughs> so um, our foibles aside. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you all really enjoyed the journey with us and you'll be joining us for our next episode where I think we might just cover issue 200 because that one is chunky. It is thick with two C's. Yeah, it is a giant issue. So we might just devote one episode to one issue again, just for that. So um, thanks, everyone. Find us on Instagram. We are at X Factor Files Podcast. We'd love to chat it up with you. You can see me posting almost every day um the 1995 marvel day-by-day calendar and what it brings there was a really weird week where it was just a bunch of captain britain in a row so yeah it's very odd so um join us there we also post other things um we have some exciting things in the hopper as well so don't go away there's a lot of fun stuff up ahead take care bye